Hey, this is Travis Bennett, the pastor here at Arena of Life Church, and I just want to welcome you to our podcast. I pray this builds your faith, encourages you, and brings you to newer levels in Christ. Enjoy the message. I pray for a supernatural faith in the room, a supernatural trust. I pray for supernatural love in the room today, a supernatural God. Right now, Lord, we lean on you. I pray, God, that you're opening eyes to see, you're opening ears to hear. In Jesus' name. Hey, as we stand, can we read the word together in Matthew 24? Matthew 24. Who's happy to be in the house of the Lord? I mean, y'all know there's joy in the house of the Lord. It says this in verse 1, Matthew 24. Jesus left the temple area and was going on his way when his disciples came up to him to call his attention to the buildings of the temple. And he said to them, do you see all these things? I assure you and most solemnly say to you, not one stone here will be left on another, which will not be torn down. While Jesus was seated on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately and said, Remember, this is the place where he ascended into heaven. He said the disciples came to him privately and said, Tell us, when, everybody say when, when will this take place and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? Jesus answered, Be careful that no one misleads you, deceiving you and leading you into error. For many will come in my name, misusing it and appropriating the strength of the name which belongs to me saying, I am the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed, and they will mislead many. You will continually hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not frightened, for those things must take place, but that is not yet the end of the age. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines and earthquakes in various places. But all these things are merely the birth pangs of the intolerable anguish and the time of unprecedented trouble. Then they will hand you over to endure tribulation and will put you to death and you will, you will be hated by all nations because of my name. At that time, many will be offended. Facebook. Just saying. At that time, many will be offended and repelled by their association with me and will fall away from the one whom they should trust and will betray one another, handing over believers to their persecutors and will hate one another. Many false prophets will appear and mislead many. Because lawlessness is increased, the love of most people will grow cold. But the one who endures and bears up to the end will be saved. This good news of the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world as a testimony to all the nations and then the end will come. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it's a lamp into our feet. It's a light into our path. God, I pray today, God, as we get into your word, I pray that it brings encouragement, that it brings enlightenment. God, we're thankful that you love us so much that you're coming back to save us. We worship you this morning. And everybody said, amen. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm so glad you came to church this morning. Amen. Look at your second choice and tell them, I'm sorry, you are my second choice. (laughs) I'm kidding. How many of y'all know the word says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord? Well, I'm going to say that one more time to the first service. 
How many of y'all know the Bible says, the word says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Amen? I don't know about you. I, I refuse to be a wooden Indian in the house of the Lord. I want to be like a wild Comanche because how many of y'all know our Savior is coming back uh, for his bride? And if you're here, if you haven't been here over the last couple of weeks, I've been doing this. Lord really put it on my heart and opened some doors and showed me many things that he's coming back. And um, can I just be honest with you as a vulnerable moment? I've served God most of my life and uh, raised in a godly home and went to youth group and all that good stuff. Went to a Christian Bible school at one time. And, and, uh, but I did not read the book of Revelations till I was just maybe five years ago because it was, ooh, ooh. it was like a, a scene from Jaws. But as I begin to read that, I hope you guys have seen over the last couple of days, this is not scary over the last couple of weeks, that this is not a scary story. This is a love story, that this is not a story to be fearful of. This is a story to walk in faith in. And uh, in John chapter 14, I, I've read this uh, every time. I wasn't going to, but I'm just going to go ahead and read it again. We all need to be reminded of it. He said, don't let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God and trust in him. Can I tell you, not only about this topic, but about other topics as well, whatever you're going through, I just want to encourage each and every person that's in the room, don't let your hearts be troubled. Can I say that again? Don't let your hearts be troubled. If you've watched the news this week and see what's going on, don't let your hearts be troubled. If you got that phone call from a doctor, if you got that phone call from a loved one or whatever it is, you've experienced rejection, shame of any kind, I just want to encourage you this morning, don't let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God and trust in him. Believe also in me. He said, in my father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you because I am going there to prepare a place for you. He said that it's not about the things here on this earth. How many of y'all know? When we stir up things on this earth, that Jesus said, that's where moth and rust destroy. But we need to stir up treasures in heaven. Amen? That's where we get the big, biggest reward. And then he goes on to say, if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back again. Isn't that good, good wording? I will take you to myself so that I am, uh, it says, so that where I am, you may be also. It's, it's, Jesus is coming back because he longs to spend time with each and every one of us. Aren't you thankful that the Lord loves us enough that he wants to spend time with us and be next to us and be close to us and speak into our life? Come on, first service, you awake this morning? Aren't you thankful for that? But what I've done over the last couple of weeks is this. I first talked about why. And I just said that right then. Why is Jesus coming back? He's coming back because he longs to be with us. He longs to spend time with us for eternity. And if you weren't here last week, I want to encourage you to get <clears throat> the podcast of that and listen to that on Spotify or whatever it is that you listen to. But it's very, it's free. We put it out there for everybody. But I talked about the what it looks like. So we saw the why is coming back and then what it will look like. And I did my best to put the cookies on the bottom shelf for everybody looking at the book of Revelation. Because there's, there's so much I'm still learning things about the book of Revelation. It is an amazing, amazing book. But just in a nutshell, Jesus is coming back for the church according to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. How many of y'all going to go with him when he comes back? Amen? And then there'll be seven years of tribulation and there'll be a second coming of Christ. And, and I talked about all of those things in detail in the book of Revelation. And I ended it going back to the age that we're in today 
in the book of Revelation, the church age. And I actually saved one of those churches for today because I believe that's one that's really speaking to us today. It's the church at Sardis. But before I get into that, I want to talk about today, when. Now, again, I want to tell you that the Bible says this, no one knows the day or the hour of the coming of Christ. In fact, I was watching some things this week. There were some uh, so-called prophets that were saying that because they truly believe that this year is a year of jubilee, and I'm going to talk about this more at the end, but in Israel right now as we're worshiping the Lord, they are starting the Feast of Trumpets. And, and it's 10 days of awe. There's so much intricate detail of what that means. And I'm going to talk about that at, at, at the very end. But there is people that think they know the day or the hour. And I'm here to encourage you and tell you every time. We don't know the day or the hour, but we do know the season. And I believe with all my heart of the 2,000 years that has gone on since Jesus has, has been here, I want to tell you that we are in the birth pains, that we're in a place in the ninth month. There is things that are happening right here. But Matthew 24, if you go with me in your Bibles, I'm going to go ahead and go back to this, and I'm only going to get to verse 4. This will probably be a part 2 series because uh, it'd be hard to talk about all the things that are happening in the earth today to give us a clue of the season of Christ coming back to the church. But in verse 1, he said, Jesus left the temple area and was going on his way when the disciples came to him to call his attention to the buildings of the temple. I've never been there, but I hear these are just massive, massive rocks, a place that Herod the Great had built. And he said to them, so Jesus, they're, they're bringing to attention this big building, these, these big rocks. And he said to them, do you see all these things? I assure you and most solemnly say to you, not one stone here will be left on another, another which will not be torn down. The reason that I bring this to your attention, lots of people skip over this before Jesus talks about Christ's return and the birth pains that will happen. But I want to bring to your attention this. He points that out to them that there won't be one stone left there. You know, Herod the Great, when they built that, I'm sure that they were looking like in Vegas at Caesar's Palace, looking at this big temple. And they're thinking to themselves, there is no way in their mind that this could ever happen and, th and that these rocks could come, come off of this temple mount. Can I tell you what happened in history? In 70 AD, Titus came to rule right there in Jerusalem. And as the Romans came in, one by one, they pulled every rock out of that temple. So you know what that tells us as a reader in Matthew 24? If he predicted it then... And then gives us signs of the times that he's coming back. And he told the truth the first time. How many of y'all know we need to have a leaning ear of what will happen? Are you guys hearing me this morning? Like he called an audible. He prophesied that it would happen and it did happen. But he was also at the same time giving us signs of what would happen at the end of the age. And if he was right the first time, how many of y'all know he'll be right the second time? Are you hearing me this morning? A little history. You guys like history? And so that was a guarantee. How many of y'all know we serve a God of guarantee? How many of y'all know there's some promises that he promised you in your word and they've come to pass in your life because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever? Come on, how many of y'all know he's still the healer? He's still the provider. He's still our strong tower, our refuge in time of need. And so then it goes on in verse 3, while Jesus was seated at the Mount of Olives. Again, you pay attention to this. 
I believe it's strategic at the place of where he is speaking. That's the place that he descended off the earth and went to sit at the right hand of the Father. But it's also told to us in Scripture that it's the place that he will return as well. So here he is at the Mount of Olives. The disciples came to him probably and said, tell us when will this take place and what will be the sign of your coming? Just to point this out, not talking about the subject that we are. Can I tell you, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I know I already said that, but I want to remind you in this particular text that it reminds us that the disciples came to him and asked him probably a very complex question. Can I tell you, you can go to the Lord still today and say, Lord, when is this going to happen? What's going to happen in my life? How many of y'all know the Lord cares about you to sit down and give you answers to the things that you ask him? Are you hearing me this morning? I'm telling you, there's more to this text than just seeing all the things that are happening. But he asked the question, he says, tell us when. When. Everybody say when. That's what we're talking about today. When will this take place and what will be the sign of your coming? When you look up this word sign in the Greek, it's basically just like the signs that we see. Like if you were to drive to Dallas, you would have a road sign that would tell you how many miles to Clarendon. And then from Clarendon, how many miles to Memphis and Memphis or to Headley and then to Memphis and so on and so forth. The Childress. It's the same thing. He is saying, I'm going to give you some concrete details of signs that you will see in the earth that will happen right before I come back. And this is what I want to point out today. And I'm going to stop here and I'm going to go to the church at Revelation because I believe that's a, really a big place of where we are. <clears throat> but in verse 4, Jesus answered. See, I believe lots of people think that 24, when he's talking about Christ's return and given the details of the birth pains of what will happen, I believe this. There's lots of people that jump to wars and rumors of wars or verse 5. But I really believe the first one How many of y'all know it's the first one that opens it up for the rest of them? And the first one is this. Jesus answered right away. He said, be careful. In fact, in your King James Version, it means take heed. That means pay attention. That that means get alert. I want you over, over everything else that I'm about to tell you, right now you take heed to this. Because this is going to open the door for everything else. He said, pay attention to this. I mean, this is an alarming take heed that no one misleads you. He said, pay attention, first of all, that there is going to be worldwide deception in the earth. Can I tell you what deceiving, deceive means? It's planeo in the Greek, and it's a deceptive moral wandering of people who have veered from a solid path, those who teeter on a dangerous moral path, to morally falter. Can I tell you, we as a society have morally faltered. Can I tell you, we as a church have morally faltered. Can, can I just tell you, just even in the last 20 years of the deception that's worldwide deception, what is he saying? He said there is going to be concrete details in the word of God that you don't stray from, that people are going to be deceived morally and they're going to give in to them like the right. Can I tell you, we're living in a world of deception today? Can I give you one example? Furries. Some of y'all may not know what these are. Well, can I tell you what's going on in the world today? Kids are going to school. And I'm going to say this as lovingly as I can without being sarcastic. But kids have convinced themselves that they're animals. And they identify as animals. If they're a cat, they wear little ears. and They have a tail 
with an app when they're sad, the tail comes through their legs. When they're happy, the tail goes up in the air. This is going on right here in Amarillo, Texas. They will not speak to teachers. They only meow, and when they're mad, they... It would be bad for me because I'm allergic to cats. I'm just being honest. Can I... Can I... How many of y'all know that's deceptive? It doesn't stop there. They want them to bring kitty litter boxes in the, in the classroom. They identify as dogs. I was reading a report in Lubbock, Texas. Lubbock, Texas, there's this girl that thinks she's a dog. She barks like a dog. She paws at the ground. Um, she uh, has a collar, and her boyfriend leads her around by her collar. Can he, I, mean, I mean, all jokes aside... But can you imagine being at school and just seeing a guy, you know, at the corner taking a leak? Y'all don't think that's funny? I think that's hilarious. I'm sorry. I mean, how many of y'all know that is deceiving? That is a moral wondering. What you, you, and, and now the school board, I tell you what, what's up. Parents are more deceived than anything of allowing them to do that. That's deception. It's very easy. This is what you say. We don't teach animals. We teach humans. Right? Actually, we probably shouldn't even do that. But how many of y'all know that? That is a moral wondering. The men dressing up like girls. Girls dressing up like boys. And you know what's sad? There is people that serve God their whole life, and they have a loved one that does it, and they get so deceived by them talking into it from the time-tested teachings of the Word of God that they give into that. It's sad. How I many of you know us boys, we need to celebrate being men? Girls, we need, or I'm not a girl, but you girls, you celebrate those things. I thank God every day that I'm a man and not a woman. It's so easy for me. When I want to go to bed, I go to bed. I ain't got to take makeup off. I ain't got to do all this different stuff. I'm telling you, you celebrate the, God, the way God created you. Another one, people deceived. Can I tell you? And the reason I'm talking about this, he's saying worldwide deception not only happens in the world, but it happens in the church as well. Uh, talking about abortion. Now, I don't care where you stand. And in all of this of what I say this morning, this is not my opinion. I'm always speaking about the word of God. Like, if you're a cat today, I want to tell you this. God loves you. I'll speak in the camera. If you think you are a rover comer, <laughs> sorry, that was a corny preacher joke. But uh, if, if you think you're a dog, I just, I just want to tell you, God loves you, but you're not a dog. You're created in the image of Christ, right? But talking about abortion, I, I, the word of God says he came to give life and life more abundantly. Well, it's not a life. It's not a human being. If it has a heartbeat, it is a human being. And I was sad when Roe vs. Wade did what they did, which was obviously really, I mean, it's a step in the right direction, but really nothing's changed. But in the same sense, I was appalled at tongue-talking believers that I've known my whole life that were against it. It's sad. You know why? Because they have a loved one that went through it. And they deceived them. How many of y'all know this speaks the truth? And we don't need to be led by a family member. 
We don't need to be led by CNN. We don't need to be led by political status. We need to be led by the word of God. It's just like back in the election. Here's the, I'm, I'm, I'm not telling you who to vote, vote for. And this is the same way with the primary com, coming up. But we need to know how to vote. And we vote for Israel. Can I get an amen? amen. We vote for Israel. We, we vote for a male and female marriage. That's what we vote for every single time. Are you guys hearing me this morning? I, I mean, those are, those are things that we, we don't get, get away from. That's another one as well, deception, talking about homosexuals. And I always say this, that God loves homosexuals. And, and there's been family members that we've had in our family that's been homosexuals. But we don't, I'm telling you, we do not accept, do we family? I got a bunch of family over here. We do not accept that, that lifestyle because it is contrary to the word of God. Well, I was born this way. I said it last week. I was born a lying, cheating, no good, counterfeit, rebellious punk of a kid. But I got born again, and he set me free. Can you hear me this morning? Is this too much? The first thing that I want to tell you this morning in Matthew 24, he said, this will be a sign that I'm coming back. There will be worldwide deception. Isn't it amazing? One of the things that Jesus also said, let's look at it. Second Thessalonians, while we're here. Second Thessalonians Chapter 2, I believe it is. 2 Thessalonians. Probably should have marked this. Chapter 2 and verse 3. Let's start in verse 1. It says, Now in regard to the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to meet him, we ask you, brothers and sisters, not to be quickly unsettled and alarmed either by a spirit or message or a letter from us to the effect that the day of the Lord has come. How many of y'all know we need to pay attention and wake up to the things? And then in verse 3, he says, Let no one in any way deceive or entrap you, for that day will not come unless the apostasy comes first. You might have in your Bible that there would be a falling away. A falling away. That there would be a falling away. So, number one, I believe this. In Matthew 24, when he answers the question of what will it look like and when will the time come, the first thing that Jesus says is this. That there will be worldwide deception on the earth. Can I tell you we're in a place of worldwide deception? Can I tell you there's worldwide deception in the church? I'm telling you this grace teaching has ruined churches. Can I tell you that there is a church, I just saw it this week, somebody sent it to me in an email, another pastor, of the volunteer basis of a great big church here in America that has many locations that sent out and said, we will not be prejudiced to the LGBTQT community. If you want to serve and volunteer in the house of the Lord, we'd love for you to do it. I'm telling you, it'd be over my dead body. We love them. Do we not? I'll say this. We love them. But we're not going to put up with that garbage. It is contrary to the word of God. When they walk through that door, we'll love them. We won't judge them. But we will speak the truth. If you weren't here last week, I talked about Jesus came. He broke the law of Moses. And he brought grace and truth. Truth without grace is mean. But grace without truth is meaningless. In Proverbs chapter uh, 4, he says, Let not mercy and truth forsake you will do the same thing that Jesus did to the woman that was caught in the act of adultery. We'll do that to the homosexuals that walk through this door. We'll say, of this day, your sins are forgiven. Now, here's the bottom line. Go and sin no more. Amen? How many of y'all know we're living in a time of deception? We're living in a time of deception. 
If you have your Bibles, open them here. Uh, and this is where I'm, I'm, I'm going to be most of the time at 943. Are you ready? Set my hair on fire because here we go. Revelation chapter 3, he talks to the mess. He has a message to the church at Sardis. And this is known as the dead church. And he's telling them basically this, that you need to renew your purpose. And if you weren't here last week in a nutshell, the apostle John has been, um, he has been sent to the island of Patmos. Uh, he would not burn incense to, the, to Domitian. And so the king brings him in and says, if you won't do this, I'm going to kill you. So he dips him in oil twice, makes him drink poison. He lives through it, so he sends him to exiles him to an island where it was full of prisoners. In fact, history tells us this, that there was no vegetation on the island. It was a place where you go to die. And while he is in there, he has a revelation. The word revelation, it, uh, it basically means an un unveiling, meaning this, the curtains were moved away. How many of y'all have ever had a revelation of something before where something's just jumped out of the page to you and you, the curtain was rolled away? How many of y'all have ever experienced that in the Word of God? where the curtain was rolled away. And so this is why he writes this book, Revelation, and Jesus comes to him in, the, in, the, um, uh, in a resurrected state. And the Bible tells us that his, hair, uh, his head and his hair were like wool, like snow. Eyes were like a flame of fire. His feet were like burnishing bronze re refined in a furnace. And I've talked about all these things before. But <clears throat> he's so amazed by it that he passes out. And when he comes to, he begins to prophesy to him the church age of where we are. He tells him about the, the, the church at Ephesus. And he says, this is the loveless church and you need to return to your first love. Then he goes through the message at Smyrna. And he said, this is the persecuted church that you need to remain faithful. He goes to the message at Pergamum and he talks about them being a compromising church. And you've rejected doctrinal um, it, or you need to start rejecting doctrinal extremes. And he goes on and on, and then he comes to this place at the message to Sardis. It's the dead church. And if you go with me right now, I want to read through verse 6, and I want to explain some things. It says, To the angel, divine messenger of the church at Sardis, write, These are the words of him who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know your deeds. You have a name, reputation that you are alive. But in reality... You are dead. He said, so wake up. You know what I came to do today? To remind the church that we need to come into a time where we wake up. I'm going to say that again. How many of y'all know we need to wake up? Yeah. Not get woke, but we need to wake up. Yeah. And strengthen and reaffirm what remains, which is about to die. I have not found any of your deeds completed in the sight of my God or meeting his requirements. So remember... And take to heart the lessons you have received and heard. Keep and obey them and repent. Change your sinful ways of thinking and demonstrate your repentance with new behavior that proves a conscious decision to turn away from sin. So then, if you do not wake up, I will come like a thief and you will not know at what hour I will come to you. Verse 4, but you still have a few people in Sardis who have not soiled their clothes. That is, contaminated their character and personal integrity with sin. And they will walk with me dressed in white because they are worthy and righteous. He who overcomes the world through believing that Jesus is the Son of God will accordingly be dressed in white clothing, and I will never blot out his name from the book of life. And I will confess and openly acknowledge his name before my God, my Father, and before his angels. He who has an ear to hear, let him hear. And heed what the Spirit of God says 
to the churches. So he's given this report card to them, and he comes to this church here, the dead church, and he says, first of all, and to the angel of Sardis write. In the very beginning in chapter 1, he's talking about the angels, and he explains this, that these are the pastors of the church, that they are the messengers to God's people. There's something interesting that you need to know about this particular region that, that opens your eyes to this story of what was going on. The history of Sardis is this. The king that there was there, his name was King Cro- Cro- uh, Croatian. And it was in the Lydian Empire. And up on the, a hill was up beside them. They were down in a valley. Was the Frisian Mountains. Well, he had gotten a lot of wealth. In fact, history tells us this, that in um, the river that ran next to the city there, down in the bottom of that, his people, King uh, Croatian's uh, people, found bundles and bundles of gold. In fact, there was a big temple of Artemis that was built at the time that was one of the seven wonders of the world at one time. And it was the money that came from this king that paid for all of it to be built. And... Uh, up on the mountain, because of that money, he had built this huge fortress of where he stayed uh, when, when he was away from the city. And all, it, would, it was guarded by all, all kinds of guards. And it was up on a mountain. It took big, big money to build this thing. Well, the reason that he had that money and the gold was there, legend has it is this. This is history books. And where I get a lot of my stuff is Rick Renner. Uh, he wrote a book called In the Dark. It's about that thick. And uh, I had a large time reading it. But the history, uh, the legend was this, that up on the, the Frisian mountains before his time, there was a king and his name was Midas. And Midas prayed to the Lord and he said this, I want you to bless that my hands and everything that I touch turned to gold. In fact, uh, legend says that he touched an apple, it turned to gold. He, his utensils to eat, it turned to gold. Where, where he messed up was he touched his daughter And she turned to gold. Now, I don't know if this is true or not. This is just legend, right? And because this is where we get get the, uh, the, the lesson and the saying, the Midas touch. And so... He, the, the, he goes before the priest, and the priest said, you got to go down to the river, and you've got to wash that off of you. So he washes it, and legend says that it ended up down in the valley of Sardis there, where King Croatian discovered all of this gold. Are you with me this morning? Because this is an important factor that you need, you need to discover as we go on talking about the, the history of Sardis. So he says, and the angel of the church, Sardis, right? These things says... He who has seven spirits of God and seven stars. Just real quick, those seven spirits is Isaiah 11, chapter 2, and it says this. And the spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and strength, the spirit of knowledge, and of the reverential and obedient fear of the Lord. So we have a seven-fold ministry right here in the Holy Spirit. There's wisdom. How many of y'all know you get wisdom when you get the Holy Spirit? I'm going to say that again. How many of you know you get wisdom when you get the Holy Spirit? You get understanding when you get the Holy Spirit. You get counsel. You get might. You get knowledge. You get godliness. You get the fear of the Lord. And he says of the seven stars, that's the seven pastors of the seven churches, and they're in his right hand, and they're guiding lights to the congregation. How many of you know your pastor is a guiding light to the congregation? I'm not just speaking about myself, but I'm just talking about pastors in general. They're that guiding light. He says, I know your works, verse 1, I know your works that you have a name that you are alive but you are dead. See, they had a reputation is that you're alive but in reality you're not. 
I don't want to speak out of term, but I know that there are large places across the earth or, or across the United States of America, big churches that are big, 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 but because of the teaching that they are teaching, it is dead. You know what I refuse? I don't care how many people's in here. We're going to teach the uncompromised word of the Lord. Amen? And so he's, that's what he's saying. Your reputation is that you're alive, but in reality, you're not. You don't have a heartbeat. You're dead. And in verse 2, he says this. Uh, he says, wake up. Can everybody say wake up? Everybody say wake up. Come on, one more time. Everybody say wake up. How many of y'all know we live in a society today? Watch a little politics. You know what I want to tell the people? Wake up. Watch what's going on in the world today. Wake up. Watch what's being taught in our schools today. Come on, parents. We need to wake up. Wake up and strengthen and reaffirm what remains, which is about to die. For I have not found any of your deeds completed in the sight of God or meeting in his requirements. How many of you know God has expectations for our life? This word wake up says this, to be on guard. How many of y'all know for us to be waiting for the coming of Christ, we've got to be on guard? Like we've got to be careful of what we see, what we hear, what we say, what we do. How many of y'all know I want to be in the right place at the right time for such a time as this? Amen? He goes on to say strengthen. He says strengthen and reaffirm what remains. That describes a stake that directs a vine upward, start growing towards the sun. He said what remains. There's not a lot of you, but something to start with. You've got to make the decision. Everybody else may not be on the same page as me believing in this book, not on my opinion, but this, but I'm not going to let a grandson or a granddaughter talk me out of what the word of God has to say, right? I'm not going to let a neighbor talk me out of what the word of God has to say. I'm not going to let a news anchor talk me out of what the word of God has to say. Come on. I'm not going to let a president talk me out of what the word of God has to say. Who's with me this morning? <clears throat> he said, there's only going to be a remnant of you that, that's left. And then what's interesting is this. He said, so remember, remember, and take heart the lessons you have received and heard. Keep and obey them and repent. So then if you do not wake up, I will come like a thief and you will not know at what hour I will come to you. What does this mean? So remember, so they had, there had to be an event that happened in history. All the things you received and heard, then turn back to God and obey them. For if you continue to slumber, I will come to you like a thief, and you will have no idea at what hour I will come. He's saying, remember a time that you received this. Remember a time. It's like he's speaking to them of this happened to you once, don't let it happen to you again. You know what's interesting about this? Again, in Isaiah chapter 45. Isaiah 45, the history of this. So creation, creation is the king. He's up on the fortress. And there was a guy by the name of Cyrus. You ever heard of Cyrus? Cyrus, he hears that he has money. And he wants to go get it. In fact, we see the prophecy of this in Isaiah this is what the Lord says, the anointed Cyrus, king of Persia, whose right hand I have held to subdue nations before him, and I will ungird the loins of kings to open doors before him so that gates will not be shut. I will go before you and level the mountains. 
I will shatter the doors of bronze and cut through the bars of iron. I will give you the treasures in darkness and the hidden riches of secret places so that you may know what it is. I, the Lord, the God of Israel, who calls you Cyrus the Gate by your name. This is what you need to know. History tells us this, that Cyrus was on a mission, the king of Persia. God had told him that I'm going to give you money. He knew that there was money at this particular place in, 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 in Sardis. And history tells us this, that he goes to the city and Croatia and all his people are up inside of that fortress with all the money. And for days he is around them, but that fortress is up on a mountain. And so what they do is, 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 is they, they surround him and they're watching all the time and they see a guy look outside the, the fortress there and his helmet falls to the ground. This is true. This is history. His helmet falls to the ground. Somebody comes back, reports it to Cyrus and says, hey. And, well, what he did was after the helmet came down, he reached through one of the cracks of the foundation of the fortress up on the mountain. He grabs his helmet. A guy comes and reports it to Cyrus and says, there's cracks in the foundation that we can slip in and get the money and take over the city. Legend has it was that night. They came in in the night. And they went into that place. Look at what this fulfills. It says there's hidden riches in secret places. I will go before you and I will level the mountains. He go, they go in, legend tells us, or history tells us, that they go in through the foundations of the place. They take over the city what had been prophesied. He's then saying to them again, would you go ahead and put verse 3 up there? He said, I want you to wake up. Where am I? I will give you, no, no, verse 3 of Revelation chapter 3. He says, so remember and take heart the lessons you have received from me. Keep and obey them and repent. Change your sinful way of thinking and demonstrate your repentance with new behavior and proves a conscious decision to turn away from sin. So then, if you do not wake up, I will come like a thief. Are you seeing this? Just like they came like a thief, the same thing will happen to them if they are not awake. I'm telling you what. I'm making the decision today that I'm going to wake up. You know, when I got to thinking about that, we, we, I want to ask you today, is there cracks in your foundations? Talking about Christ coming back for the church, is there a crack in your foundation? Can I tell you there's a crack in the foundation of America today? Have you ever heard of the seven mountains? I'm telling you, there's a crack in the foundation of religion. There's a crack in the foundation of the family unit. There's a crack in the foundation of education. There's a crack. How many of y'all know there is a crack, a big crack? In media, there's a crack in government. Can I get two amens from that one? There's a crack in entertainment. Can I just tell you, we're, there, there's shows that are, out, that are toying with us of, of things that they're doing today. I promise you, they're in entertainment just to tell us that they're doing it. There's, there's a crack in the business age today. You know, one of the things that I'm afraid of, I was talking to some people last night, with this economy, we know this, that it goes up and it comes down, and it goes up and it comes down. You know what I'm afraid of? It's manipulated economy so much that you don't have to give out product. Like, why would Ford build as many trucks as they did in 
2019 when they can not have to build as much and make more money. I'm telling you, we're living in a crazy time, y'all. Woo! It's not scary, though. It builds my faith. I want to ask you this morning, do you have a crack in your foundation? I'm almost coming to a close. Chapter, or verse 4, is, it says this. But you have a few people in Sardis who have not soiled their clothes. What does this mean? And they will walk with me dressed in white because they are worthy, righteous. He said, but you still have a few people that have not soiled their clothes. He was talking to these people, and I want to believe that this is, he's talking to us. He said, you still have a few people that haven't sold their clothes. See, after this had happened, there was great sin that came into the city of Sardis. And can I tell you what happened? History proves this. In fact, Solomon, one of the wisest of all the Greeks, he said there was nothing that compared to Sardis in splendor. Nowhere else in the world had he ever been, ever seen past glory compared to the present decadence. But what had happened when Cyrus came in the men in the city became degenerate. The men became soft and feminine. In fact, they started dressing like the other women in the city. Look at what he says right here. He said, but you still have a people, few people that haven't sold their clothes. You have a remnant of people that are holding on fast to the time-tested teaching of the word of God. I don't know about you, isn't it? it's too much of what's happening in America today. Are you seeing this in Sardis? Now, I know America's not in the word of God anywhere, to be honest with you. It talks about China, it talks about Russia, it talks about Israel. But can I tell you, as a world today, this story of Sardis is for us right now. And it's this, wake up. You have cracks in your foundation. He goes on to say this. He says in verse 5, but he who overcomes. You know what an overcomer is? Somebody that is committed to the time teachings of the word of God to the very end. I'm not going to settle for anything else. He says before you is life and death. The whole reason for the message today is this. If I would title it anything, it's this. It's wake up. The world has been deceived. We're in full-blown, worldwide deception today. My qu- mine is this, wake up. Now, I told you in the beginning of the service. Let's go ahead and send her feet. I told you in the beginning of the service, right now in Israel, Jerusalem, it's the Feast of Trumpets. And basically it's it's this. This is what the Feast of Trumpets is in a nutshell. In the Old Testament, this is what it was. The Feast of Trumpets was to celebrate them going from living in tents to now living in a permanent place. And now today it is a, a prophecy of rapture, isn't it, Pastor Robert? It's a prophecy of rapture, the Feast of Trumpets, because we're going to go from living in this not permanent earth to our permanent place in heaven. How many all ready for that? If you're not, get ready, because it's coming. 
while today we're doing, and you know what one of the things that they're going to do? They're going to blow the shofar. And can I tell you, there's so many things of what the shofar means. They're going to go into 10 days of awe. They're going to go in 10 days of humility, of starting a new civil law year. Right, Pastor Robert? Civil year for Israel. All of these things are important. Right? But one of the things that the shofar does is this. Is that loud blast from that trumpet. It wakes people up. If they're in a place that they're dead. If they're a place that they're loveless. If they're a place that their focus is not on the Lord. That blast of that trumpet brings them back to the Lord. And can I tell you, it could be the day. I was thinking about, how would I go up? I don't know. I'm, I've just, I don't know. I've been thinking about it. You know, I don't, I, I've always said this. I hope I'm in a room full of like reprobates. I've always thought that. I grab them by the hand. Like at the wedding we were at last night. I thought I was at last night. I'd grab a handful and be like, Phew. and I'd ask the cowboy on my left and the cowboy on my right. If you don't give your life to the Lord right now, I'm going to drop you. And it's a long ways down there. Come on. Listen. The Lord is coming back. But we're in the church age today. And we're in worldwide deception. Just because your grandma sends you stuff. Don't take it. Back it up with the word of God. Just because Fox is given to you, can I tell you something? Fox lies too. Come on. There's things that are happening in the world today that we absolutely have no clue of what's happening. All of us in here, including myself, have been deceived by one thing or the other. The first thing that Jesus says, don't be deceived. And I want to remind you of what he told Sardis. Wake up. It may have happened once in your life, but don't let it happen again. Can I tell the body of Christ this morning, wake up. Do you have a shofar to play? This is going to take us back to the Lord. Go ahead and play it. Crank it up. who's ready for the coming of the Lord who's ready for the coming of the Lord God we thank you God I pray that there was a sweet spirit here today for us as the body of Christ to wake up Lord for us to not say anything is saying something big so God we repent I repent of being the conservative that I am to the point of not raising my eyebrow of the deception that's happening in the earth today. I repent of saying, well, that just doesn't pertain to me. Lord, I know that person is a soul. That person is alive. So, God, I just pray, Lord, we choose not to give in in the deception. We choose to be a part of the solution and not a part of the problem. God, we also choose to do it in love. We choose to do it with grace and mercy. 
and speak the truth in love. And so God, right now, I break that spirit of deception out of this room. That spirit of the Antichrist that's tried to creep in even inside these walls in the minds of each and every one of us. We repent of the cracks that are in our foundation where we've let the enemy come in and take the treasures that mean the most to us. Lord, I I pray right now, God, that there is an awakening that's happening in our hearts. Lord, is there in Israel today celebrating the Feast of Trumpets? I find it very fitting today, God, as they're blowing the shofar there to hear that sound to remind us to come back to you. To come back to you. Lord, we choose to come back to you. Forgive us of times when we've walked away and said, I can do it on my own. But Lord, I pray that today there's an awakening in our heart that we're coming back to you. We're we're waking up. We're waking up. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Lord, I just pray. God, we pray for souls right now coming into the kingdom of God. Lord, we get an agreement. Lord, as a body of Christ, we come together in unity. And we pray for those that don't know you as the Lord and personal Savior. Lord, we know that you won't come back until every eye is seen and every ear has heard the gospel. (laughs) And so, Lord, we choose to be your mouthpiece. We choose to be led by the Spirit of God. We choose to be handled by you. Lord, if we're in Walmart, even though we're in a hurry, we choose to be a light. If we're in Pakistan pumping gas Lord that nudging that you give us to share the good news the gospel of Jesus Christ Lord we choose to do it those of us that are in business customers that we have and people we come across Lord we choose to be that light we choose to lay hands on the sick and see them recover we choose to bring uh, liberty to those that have been captivated We choose to be your hands. We choose to be your feet. Or we choose to go where you've called us to go and do what you've called us to do and be who you've called us to be. We wake up, God, for such a time as this. In Jesus' name. Thanks for joining us. We want to thank all of you who give to our ministries here at AOL Church. It's because of you that all of this is possible. You can give now by clicking the link below And if you haven't already, subscribe and share this message. It helps us reach more people and share the gospel through you. Be sure to stay connected to us through our Church Center app, our website, arenaoflifechurch.org, and follow us on social media like Facebook and Instagram. May the Lord bless you and keep you. His face shine upon you, be gracious to you, and give you peace. Thanks again for listening. Go and make a difference today.